Uh, all right, cool. <laughs> um, episode two, outside the lines, we're back. Um, yeah, let's just start it off. Um, week's going well, I'm assuming. It is, we usually record towards the end of the week. So Thursday, no one melted down and no explosions up in Seattle. Yeah, no, no, it's going good up here. Uh, you know, nice short week. And, uh, and you know what? I, uh, I'm glad it's Friday, Junior. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it's good to be back. Friday, Junior. Yeah, you know, there's a, never a dull moment with the uh, property management field either. I had to walk with a fire marshal today, deal with uh, some tenants that are decided they are going to grow weed in their uh, in their garage. So beautiful. They, they, they turn into a little little hydroponics greenery down there. <laughs> wow how'd that go had to break uh the fire marshal was just like yeah i mean like i i'm not gonna call the cops or anything but like you kind of need to figure this out so people were they were they were they definitely handed in their uh they put in their notice that they were leaving within the next few days here so they got lucky that's what you're saying yeah i mean this this fire marshal was i mean you know no one wants to go to jail for that kind of stuff so we'll see how, yeah. how he's concerned about fires yeah. that's yeah he, he doesn't deal with with lockups or you know prison he's just you know he's a big fire guy that's all it is big big fire guy <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll segue we'll go right into to the section here um first first one i sent you was like kind of uh finding career paths when we're young obviously we're just starting out or kind of finding our ways into what we enjoy doing and things like that. So what did kind of you do to figure out early on that you wanted to do or just kind of where you're headed in life here? Um, I guess there's a big shift. Uh, what would you say? Sophomore year of college. I originally went in uh, for business, started going towards the finance degree and uh, there was a big shift. I was looking at, you know, I was in classes, I was in accounting and, you know, I think everyone can agree. Accounting is not the most exciting class. Uh, accountants uh, <laughs> wake up every day and choose pain. So I uh, was just looking at it and felt like I could do something more uh, challenging, I guess, for myself. Um, always been a big numbers guy and, and really into math and science, how things work. And, uh, that kind of changed my perspective and, and it took extra time in college to make that switch, but it was really worth it to go that path. Um, yeah, I, I definitely attribute where I'm going now to that shift. Um, I don't know what caused it, but now I think the biggest thing early on in our careers and what I've seen, especially in the engineering field, it kind of relates in business as well, is that uh, the fields are so broad. Don't get yourself in something too niche. Always be learning about other fields or other parts of your own field. And I feel like the biggest thing that I'm trying to conquer every day is to uh, widen my horizons and make sure that I'm learning everything that I can about anything that I can. Um, I think that the biggest thing early on for us is to don't stick yourself in a gap, um, you know, unless you really, really enjoy exactly what you do. And this is what you were made for. You know, there's some of those kids that they grow up and they're like, you know what, I'm going to be an architect. And they actually end up being an architect. Exactly. So I there's, think that, I mean, there's kind of like you said, like you don't want to pigeonhole yourself and put yourself in a bad spot where nothing against people with art degrees, things like that. But like, unless you know, you want to be an art curator or you want to work, there's a lot of people who just go in with like an accounting degree and they want to work at a big four firm. And like that's turns into their entire life. Like you said, like you went in, no one likes accounting classes. No one likes business accounting. Like if for the regular person, I guess, like me and you no, we, we took that. And it's like, once you get to higher level accounting, you're like, man, this is not what I want my life to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do believe in the fact that 
we're always changing um, what we like, what we like to do, what we want to do. You know, it, for example, we were big into golf in there for a bit and that kind of shifted out, you know, still like to golf, but not as much as we did. And um, I'm definitely a big believer in, you know, you're always going to change. So prepare for that change, prepare yourself to, and uh, I guess broaden your horizons to make a more easy shift into some other thing that you might like doing in the future. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of kids, they kind of get, they get stuck in, they're like, Oh, I spent this amount of time studying a major. I have to, I have to finish it out. I have to go do this job after. And, and I mean, it may cost you a lot of money to switch your major out, but in the long run, you'll be a lot happier when you're not sitting at a cubicle every day doing what you don't like to do. Which is my yeah. opinion, at least. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's, too many people I mean we can't even count but there's just something about getting off to the right foot there of just don't don't be afraid to change is essentially the the moral of that little story there yeah exactly and to cherry on top that I I think that going back to your you know, no offense to art degrees people. Um, but it goes back to putting in the work early on. And I do believe that there are a lot of people who take those, uh, let's say not so technical, um, majors and not so intensive, I guess that would be the better word. Um, early on because they, you know, they're looking right now, they're looking the day ahead of them and, and just trying to take it one day at a time. And this is what they want now. And I think that, uh, I think Bezos was saying that where, you know, they say, Oh, you have a good quarter. And he's like, you know, we cooked that quarter like three years ago, you know, yeah. trying to be in the future and work for the future. Cause I think the biggest thing in pigeonholing yourself is, not putting that work in early on to where you get those options later. I agree. Like that's one of my favorite quotes too. It was like that money wasn't made during that quarter. That money was made three, four, even six quarters ago. Like people don't even think about it like that, but that's just like kind of back to what you said about people don't know what they want to do or they want to do something right then the next day. Like they know they want to be an art that day. There's, yeah. there's gotta be a happy medium somewhere, but I always credit to those people. They seem to be the happiest when you're like, when you see them that day, they're just happy to go to class and they're happy to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, man, I'm struggling through, through my accounting 301 class. And like, this <laughs> guy's just rolling into art 240. Like he's happier than can be. So there's gotta be a, like for business people and for younger professionals like us, there has to be a happy medium to like, yeah. the younger group. Definitely. I think that there's this quote out there. It's like, you know, whatever the meeting is about, whatever you're doing in business or whatever is going on in your job and you're in a meeting, if you end it and you just pop in and say, it's all about the balance, it can apply to everything. <laughs> and, you, and it's funny, but it, it applies and it really, really matters in a lot of things. I never thought I'd hear that. The guy I was talking with with yesterday kind of said something similar he's like you just you got to keep balance man and i was like what are you, what are you talking about we just had a discussion about um about buying six or seven houses in arizona and like now you're talking about hey, you know it's all about balance man balance. like he's a guru <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> who am i talking to here uh yeah so like well that'll bring us into like so what can we do as younger people like obviously you don't want to be that one person that's like getting into their late twenties, early thirties. It's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm in either massive credit card debt or I have massive student loan debt. Like what's something that, that younger people can focus on to, I don't want to say get their feet wet, but more so figure out what they like to invest in to set themselves up for the future. Yeah. I think that, you know, huge influx. I think we mentioned it last episode was, there is a massive influx in younger investors, non-professional investors, and it's easier than ever to get into that. Um, I am a firm believer in, you know, a balance you know, to bring it back all about the balance, <laughs> a balance of something that you like to take a risk on, especially cause we're young and this applies cause we're young is something that you like to take a risk on 
uh, a little bit of value investing, you know, doing a little bit of work to where you understand. And because of uh, that value investing that you're putting in, you're going to understand the market a little bit better. And you're probably going to make a better choice on that riskier investment that you're going to make as well as uh, a small smidgen of trying to find what you like and invest in that. And I think that's a huge thing. An example of uh, older lady that I know she's, you know, big into target and she big into target and grocery stores and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, one day, you know, I, I was looking at their numbers and it made sense to me that I like target. I like target for a reason. And this isn't a plug to target, but um, I like this company for a reason and you can go down the line. They do these things right. And that resonates with a lot of other people. So that means value to a lot of people. And that's really what matters at the end of the day. We can, you know, talk about how Tesla's overvalued by however much it is. But at the end of the day, what really matters is, is the product that they're putting out there. And I think that's a good way for people to get started, getting their feet wet in something that they like, uh, that they can put that money towards and they can root that, that on, um, and I use the market portfolio investing just because uh, I believe that's the easiest entry, easiest barrier for entry. Because a lot of the things that we talk about uh, is a little bit higher, a little higher entry. You know, you're going to be putting a little bit more money down, a little bit more money up front for you know investments like the parking lots or the rental units or something like that. So I definitely encourage uh, that part of it, but also going back to putting the work in, putting the work in for that time and, and effort that you're going to get at the end of the day, it's going to pay you dividends, no pun intended for you to have a more valuable investment in something that you are knowledgeable of and want to look at every day. So I guess what really comes down to is it's so available these days what really matters is making the decision, making the plan to set yourself up monetarily to put that money away. Because at the end of the day, we can throw out a bunch of different things, a bunch of different investments that are fantastic, but how you're going to get there is what really matters. Cause there's a bunch of people out there who, you know, they get their $1,500 paycheck and that $1,500 or 700 of it is gone by the following Sunday. And, yeah. you know, I just you're not going to, there's a, uh, the, like, the, like anything else, like a, kind of a equated to a career path as well. There's, there's similarities between your career and then investing as well, because you have to try things out. You try new things, find what you like, find what you're interested in. And then once knowledge and preparation kind of meet up with each other, then that's when you'll kind of have certain things that you like to invest in. You'll successful in that from from what i've seen overall like if you put the enough work into things and then you find the right things to invest in there if you enjoy it and it's a good investment you can't lose can't lose i think a big thing is awareness too being yeah. aware of of what's going on being aware that there's these opportunities out there that you know you can get in there and and make your money make some money well, I shouldn't say we they can't lose because, I mean, we're not licensed professionals. Got to throw in the disclaimer there. Yeah. You, you can't lose money in the stock market or any other investment. Stonks do go down. <laughs> uh, kind of like, I guess I was, I guess the easier thing to say to newer investors is more of like the way to start off is if you enjoy a product like that lady was saying at, at a, at target if you enjoy certain things like that you should buy what you're going to buy from there and then if you're going to buy the similar amount in the stock price that's something that i've just told younger people or people who don't know what they're even investing in is if do your research if you like that stock that much buy your nikes and then buy a nike stock yeah i i, I definitely agree with that i think that trying to equate your purchases and your consumptions to a value of investing. There's always these calculators that, you know, people go out there, Oh, a car is, you know, $30,000. And if you put that in an index fund, you know, you put it in an index fund, it's not very exciting, but 
you know, you can put it's it stable in there. though. It's steady. Those things have, I mean, it beats the S and P by, I get, it gets an average of like what, eight to 10% a year. That's, that's a good, nothing to write home about, but if it's, if it's beating single stock, like investors, then why not keep doing it? It's the easiest way to get rich. Yeah. And, and a huge thing is, is people don't realize, you know, we, we talk about things like retirement and investing for the future. And it's not that exciting. Everyone is wanting to, okay, I want to invest now and I want to, you know, be up 400% by next year, the next year after that. And like the tried and true statement is keep putting your money and keep putting it in to where every year down the line, you're going to make that compound interest. And, you know, is something around, uh, like a eight to 10% return over 30 years. If you're putting in, if you at the end of the day are putting in, I don't know, I want to say 500 a paycheck, you end up without any investment whatsoever is about 250 grand. And at the end of the day with an eight to 10% return over 30 years, you're looking at two and a half million dollars. And that's a good retirement right there. People don't really realize that, that over time with putting their money in and, and letting it grow is, is huge. And people can be, you know, regular, uh, regular Joe's in the financial sector, their whole entire lives and be retirement millionaires. Exactly. I think that's another one they talk about, um, like maxing out an IRA, like an IRA. If it's, you put 5,500 away a year, by the time you're 65, if you start at your 20, you'll have, I think it's like, 1.2 million dollars something like that like it's something crazy like that if you don't even realize it just put that money away and it'll work for you by the time yeah. you want to like take it out and retire let's kind of let's riff off that I like what you said there about the let's we talk about balance all the time like people always think about what they have to give up everything just to invest money like how how do you keep a stable and enjoyable lifestyle without compromising your future investments from you personally I'll, I'll chime in after all right. My personal experience, uh, what I like to try and practice is uh, when money comes in immediately, you know, you designate and what I like to do is categorize certain things. And uh, I think before I say anything, uh, a huge thing is, is looking at your money and looking at how much you get and looking at exactly the numbers, what you're going to be paying your expenses a lot of people I believe that maybe are in debt or aren't in a great financial situation uh, without, you know, a large burden, uh, a large unknowable burden would not be looking at their expenses, not be looking at what's coming in and trying to balance that. And I think that that's a huge thing. You know, they make jokes all the time. It's like, I'm not going to look at my bank account because <laughs> I don't even want to know, but it's kind of true. It happens, right? I mean, it's the thing. We're, we're still, as much as we don't want to admit it, we're still younger. Like, we're in our 20s. Like, we we have a night out at bars. We're with the boys, and we just we look at our phone. Like you said, look at the phone at the bank account the next day. Like, what, like what did we, why did we do that? Yeah. Like, we're Patron normal people, is, just like everyone else. Patron's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at the bar. <laughs> so, but that, I think that's a big thing is, is, you know, a few years ago, I started a practice of, okay, we're going to look at it every week. We're going to look at what, how much I spent during the week, because, you know, a lot of people won't look at it for a whole month. And those small little things that are probably unnecessary, they add up and they kind of get lost in everything. There's, you know, when you're looking at 50 items that you spent over the course of the month, you're not going to be looking at those two, three, four, five dollar charges that you're making. So I think big thing is, is, proactively creating your own awareness of where you're at and then being aware of your expenses, your recurring expenses and trying to balance that, you know, there's people who do spreadsheets and stuff like that. And, you know, it may seem a little extreme in some cases, but it only takes five minutes, you know, every maybe once a week or even once every two weeks, you know, you just got to look and be aware of everything. And I think that's a huge part, but going forward with your question, using that, using where I am at, uh, a big thing for me is like 
like you said, make a purchase on something. And if it's a larger purchase, go invest, you know, an equal amount, go invest, you know, if it's Nikes and you buy Nikes or you have something that you like and you want to invest in that more. Um, I really agree with that as well as categorizing your money and, and having a set goal of, you know, whether that be, you know, a hundred dollars was start small hundred dollars for that paycheck and that paycheck you're, you're saying, Oh, you know what? Got my paycheck on Friday before I go and do anything before I go out, I'm going to go put that hundred dollars in and, you know, put a limit order out for Monday and, and make that decision and, and put that out there immediately. Because I feel like at the end of the day, people think of investing as, you know, these are your expenses. They're going to happen. These are the things that you want. They're going to happen after that. And then this is your savings and investment is last. And I think it should be flipped as, you know, you're going to pull that out early. And I do think that from a mental standpoint, it's a lot easier to start doing that because then it's not, okay, I have $800 to work with. Um, and, but I do want to save 300 to invest with it's okay. I have $500 to work with and you feel good about it because it's like, Hey, I got my expenses taken care of. I got this taken care of, and this is going towards my future or my goal, my, you know, my five-year goal, my 10-year goal, my retirement, my retirement goal. And, and then you can feel good about, okay, you know what? I do want to spend this this month, or maybe there's a slow month and, you know, it's coronavirus season and you're not Rona going season, out. Baby. Yeah. Rona season. <laughs> and you know, you're not going out cause you got the vid and you, you're like, Hey, you know what? I didn't spend 150 at the bars this weekend. And then you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put that in there, but you've already met your goal. And I think that's a huge thing is people like to people fundamentally feel better when they reach a goal, regardless of how high it is or where it is, if they work and they put in some sort of effort to meet a predetermined goal, they're going to feel better because of it. And I think that you're setting yourself up for failure when you're putting the, that as a back priority rather than putting it in the front, getting it out there, getting it done and having that discipline, you know, I'm going to definitely shout out to Jocko Willink. Discipline equals freedom, man. You, <laughs> you got to have it. That's a big one. I, I like uh, the other one is uh, it's the pain of regret or the pain of, of success. So you're going to have either way. Just pick which way you want to go. Uh, I like the one big one you said, though, was people just like feeling that they've accomplished something. So I would recommend to some people if they don't like to save or they're not like big investors right away just save up for a bigger purchase down the line it's just you so you get in your mindset of like okay i don't have this much money to spend this month i have to put away a certain amount just so i can have x amount of dollars to buy these new the new headphones or the new shoes or whatever it is like they like to feel good about the certain thing and then once you start getting in that mindset of like okay i don't need the i don't need the shoes this month but i may need like to start investing for my future. Like maybe the Jordans aren't such a good idea anymore. Maybe I can go out and get something else. Yeah, of course, unless they're a limited edition, then they'll probably be worth $10,000. It's a good the investment. Line. There you go. Yeah. Alternate po investments. Or Pokemon cards. Or some Pokemon cards. Who right? knew? Like you're talking to the right guy, you know? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I think that there's a lot of times where, where people want that instant gratification, but I, I definitely am of the mindset that if you put in the work and you wait and you save and, you know, it takes you five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 paychecks to save up for this thing. And you're on a good level and you don't have credit card debt. It feels good. You're like, you know what? I earned this. And you're way more stoked about it because, you know, it may not be, working so much because you're just saving what you already worked for but at a certain point i believe that people are working against their initial urges and it feels good uh, i think the the other biggest one that we should probably talk about is like is 
before you start investing is pay off any bad debt that you might have. Um, like, like you said, credit card debt and like things that just can't be ignored before you start investing. Cause the interest against your credit cards and student loan is just going to keep adding up and be a cloud over your head. So it's, I think it's easier in situations like ours where we have significant others that also work. So she can focus on like, I, we can focus on kind of who's spending what money and where it's going. Like in terms of uh, if we decide so-and-so is paying the rent and then so-and-so pays down credit card debt or like auto loans, things like that. It's, it's easier to have a partner in that. But for those who don't, it's, it's still possible all on your own, depending on where you're living at. Obviously, if you live in Newport Beach or Huntington Beach or like LA somewhere, you're not going to be able to afford all these things on top of investing. So kind of just depends. Uh, like where you're at is more affordable, I would assume, right? Like it's in Seattle, you can still find decent apartments for a single person to be able to pay off debt and be able to live alone and have a good lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely in a better spot because of that. Um, but on that same note, I do believe that going back to, I'll reiterate that uh, awareness of everything and, you know, it may take it a step further, but a, a thing that I learned over the years is those little things add up, you know, and, and being aware of those, you know, okay, I got Starbucks five times this week. You know, I, I spent 30, $40 on, on Starbucks and that's just in a week, you know, people go crazy. They're like <laughs> Netflix is $17 for the entire month. And then they're spending 200 on coffee <laughs> for the month. So you know, we, we can laugh about it, but I do think that that's a important uh, distinction that, you know, I have made and that I do recommend to anyone is, is along with your awareness, be aware of, okay, you know, what can I do differently? What does that really matter to me? What really matters in the end? You know, what really matters to me is, okay, you know, I want to have experiences. I want to go to travel and I, and I want to retire with a good amount of money in the bank. And the way that I get to those things is prioritizing what really matters, you know? Okay, I'm gonna make coffee at home. It's not gonna be my triple foam latte macchiato with, you know, almond milk or something like that. But you could probably learn how to make that at home and save yourself. I, again, I, I, I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate there. I don't think people should cut back on what they necessarily enjoy if they enjoy their coffee then go ahead get it but at the to that same point you we obviously we're not with everyone but you can't we shouldn't hear you complaining about how you don't have any money when you're spending six eight ten dollars a day on on your coffee when you could be cutting expenses elsewhere as well yeah and and same point i i think that you know if you really like your coffee then that's important to you and and it's you know trying to decipher what really matters to you, what makes your day, because you're not at the end of the day, you know, you're trying to have a good one and put things together that really matter to you and make you happy at the end of the day. So if coffee is what, you know, makes you happy, then, you know, let's cut back on everything. Cause you know, being young, unless you're, you worked your ass off and work at Microsoft or Amazon or something, <laughs> you know, the, you can't live like a king or a queen and you're going to have to accept those things. And, and by no means is, are you living like in the dirt or something like that? You know, there's, there's, what would that be? Luxuries that if you go for luxuries all the time, you're never going to be able to afford the actual luxuries. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we also like should definitely harp on is that it's much easier to cut your expenses than it is to, to create income right away. Like we can yeah. have cushy jobs, things like that, but how often are you getting a raise or, but it's, it's easier to cut back on subscriptions you may have, or I wouldn't say going to, you don't need to go to the $200 gym. You can go to the 24 hour fitness. That's 20 or $30 a month instead of the $200 Equinox, like kind of weigh in where you're going to fit in at where you can cut back at instead of, like you said, the, you don't need to have the, maybe the $10 coffee that day. Maybe you have like the $5 coffee that day. Yeah. It's easier to cut back on those things than, than just to walk into your boss's office every day and be like, Hey man, I need a, 
need a big chunk of change here. Hurry it up with that. Yeah, because I do believe that the that starts to create that mindset that you will you're digging an endless hole that you're never going to catch up to. Um, you know, because if you do live like that uh, and you do get that raise, you know, let's say you do get that raise, you're that's only prolonging that mindset that you can do that, and then you're going to pick out more luxuries. And at the end of the day, you're still going to end up with the same amount in your bank account right before payday comes, no matter if you're making $1,500 a paycheck or four grand a paycheck, that mindset is always going to build on that. And you're never going to get to a place of stability. And obviously, you know, stability sounds boring, but at the end of the day, what I think what really impacts people a lot is is money and, and worrying about money and being concerned about, okay, you know, I know I can make rent every month or something like that. But you know, when I'm 50, I've, there's a lot of people that I met that, you know, I've realized, wow, there's a lot of older people that didn't think about their retirement, you know, and they're in a spot and it's kind of crazy when, you know, you're getting near, not near the end, I guess, but near the end of your work, work, workable life. Yeah. You know? I was going to say, man. Oof, oof, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. You know, and in these days that, that workable life, so to speak, is going to get uh, longer, I guess. And then your retirement to when you die, not to be, you know, cynical or anything is going to get longer because yeah. know, we're going to have medical advances. So your retirement, you know, is not going to be, 25 years expected anymore. It's going to be 40 years. It's going to be 45, 50, and you got to prepare for those things. And intermittently, you know, people are going to have kids and kids are expensive. I see. That's the crazy thing like that we talk about now is like, we're, I'm 26, you're 24 still, right? 25, 24. So yeah, it's 24 still <laughs> Kobe year, Kobe year. Yeah. Kobe. Um, but yeah, so like, I when I hang out with people that are a bit older, like that are in their forties, have kids, like I, I'm, I, I full heartedly admit that I'm in the spandex crew. I, I ride the I cycle, but when I'm around some of those guys and I hear something about like, Oh, my neighbor's like moving out. Like he's got a mortgage to house. Like he's broke. And it's like, it's, it's a $2 million house in Newport beach. And then his excuse was like, yeah, like kids are expensive. I don't, I don't think that the kids were expensive, man. You just decided to over leverage yourself and buy a $2 million house that you couldn't afford because you got yeah. cushy in your job making six figures. Like, how are you, how are you going broke making six figures? It's, it's all about the, what you're doing with your money and trying to keep up with your neighbors. Cause just cause your brother-in-law bought the nice house in Newport, you have to go buy it too. That doesn't yeah. mean you have to. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that a lot of people, don't realize there's a lot of things that you can get that uh, end up being nice or are nice for you without paying that big time dollar. You know, you can get the house that you want by, you know, buying a smaller house and building on it, put, putting that money away. And then you end up with the equity on your home and you're in a better spot. But going back, I think it's, it's really important because I believe that, especially in those times when you have people who are dependent on you and you get older, uh, money is, is stressful. It becomes a stressful topic and, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but when you're worried about those small things, you can't enjoy those little things that happen every day. You can't enjoy your kids cause you're, you're worried. Okay. Like, you know, little Jimmy wants to play on the travel ball team and I don't know if I can afford that. And you're not going to say no because, you know, you have pride and everything. But yeah, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to that stability is going to let you enjoy your life that you are living. That's a big one. I saw. I don't know. I forgot who said it or where the quote was from, but it was like life's hard when you're rich. I, I can't imagine how hard it is when you're broke, like not to like sound facetious or things like that is like even rich people have problems. Like imagine if you add fighting with your spouse about money. And like, how are we going to feed the kids? And like, that's just another thing on top of it of like, yeah, people, rich people might have everything, but their life isn't as easy as it's all hard, man. Like you said, you ha rich people get the stability, but 
I can't imagine having to be on the, on the other end. Like that's life is even tougher. Yeah. There's always going to be problems. You know, I think the saying is that you conquer one problem and then you get something that's harder and you get a better problem. And you know, it's always going to be like that. You're going to solve something and something else is going to come along and, and not to, you know, mean that life is this difficult thing that you're always going to just be down in the dirt, taking on these challenges or something like that. I think it's, it's good because people like challenge. People like to overcome these things and it's important to clear your eyes, clear your path and be able to take on those challenges. I believe that the most successful people and the happiest people in life found their stability in a financial sector and were able to take on the challenges, no matter what they are, emotional, uh, you know, kids going certain places or something like that. Um, and they were able to take on those things because they were able to focus on it and, and not be distracted by that ever looming problem because it's not something that you solve quickly. Yeah. That's a, another big quote. I forget, forget. I have so many quotes. I just don't know who says them, man. Like <laughs> these unknown, <laughs> I was going to start crediting myself for all this stuff, man. Like, but like, show me your finances and I'll show you what your life looks like. It's a kind of a true statement there. Like if you're in a mountain of debt, you won't be a happy person. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And it reflects that, you know, if you don't have discipline, you know, I believe that people have different levels of discipline and, you know, if you can't wake up, in the beginning of the day and make your bed, you know, that's the one thing you start out the day with. How are you going to conquer all these other challenges, these larger challenges? And I think that same thing goes for money is okay. If you can't money is something that is always there. What is it? Death taxes and something else. It's, I, it's, what it is. But I think it's only two, right? It's only two things in your life and certain is death and taxes, death and taxes. That's yeah. what it is. There you go. So, You're right. I was going for something else, but well, so death and you, you said that quote though. Yeah. Yes. That wasn't yes. a founding father or anything. It was like, you said that. Yeah. What is it like? <laughs> the only thing is certain is death and taxes. Tucker to camp. Tucker to camp. But, yeah. It's like quoting myself. Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson and Tucker to camp. Yeah. You're right yeah. there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there. All right. I just need to get the stylus for it. My focals. <laughs> so Got off track, but um, uh, that's what I'll, I'll, I'm ruining it again, man. But that's a crazy kind of quote thing I never heard the other day was like, I didn't know this is not finance related at all. It has to do with the founding fathers. Like, I didn't know how young they were. Like George Washington was like 26. The oldest person to sign a declaration of independence was 36. Like, yeah, people were 24. Like they just, they're they, cooking. They're cooking out there. We, we have, we think we have a crazy life. They, they yeah. were really in it. Yeah. And it kind of just shows you what, what you're able to do, what you're capable of. And, you know, you may not be some prodigy who's, you know, singing opera at five or something like that, but you can always keep putting in the work and the people who are ahead, you know, there's a lot of people out there. Everybody's different. Everybody learns at different speeds and has different specialities, things that they're into. And you'll see that more people that you meet, the more that you realize there's a lot of people out there who, weren't the smartest person in class, but they worked their ass off. And now they just know they have all of this knowledge. And I think that that's something that goes for everything. Knowledge of, of money, knowledge of what your profession is in. All of those things is, is just going to give you success, more success and that awareness. Yeah. Life doesn't get easier. You just get better at problem solving. Exactly. That's another big one. Uh, last one I think we've got here. Um, kind of since we talk about investing, stuff like that. Um, what what are your kind of thoughts on buying a business or versus like starting it when you're like, should people start a business when they're young or should they wait till they're older to buy something? Um, I think this is, this goes back to career paths, what you're interested in. And, you know, I believe that the, I think there's two optimal paths. Um, one of them is is starting on your own, starting on your own young. And, you know, if there's something that you're really interested in, you put that time in, you become an expert in it because it's yours and you curate it and you take care of it and you grow it and you nurture it. It's, it's like your own kid, you know, yeah. without making a kid. 
And I think that that is, I believe the purest and best way to do things because uh, it goes back to if you buy a car and you just have a car that you bought or you leased, you kind of, you know, you take care of it, you vacuuming it every now and then, but, and at the end of the day, you're just going to get rid of it. It's just a car. But if you put work into it, you know, you change the oil, you know, one time uh, the head gasket blew and you took the time to like take it off and switch it out and do all that work on it, it becomes more valuable to you. And I think that goes back to businesses is that if you start something yourself from the ground, when you're in your office or, you know, in a garage, shout out Apple and Amazon and wherever else. Uh, not sponsored gonna, Bill. Not sponsored. This isn't a plug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you're going to have more personal investment. Like obviously you're going to have literal investment, but personal investment in that. And I believe that that is one of the biggest drivers and that you see in those, you know, in CEOs of startups and stuff like that. Uh, that started from the beginning and owners of larger corporations that started from the beginning, they're invested. You know, I I think Elon Musk said, you know, he's crazy working man, but uh, he said, you know, 80 hours a week, isn't that bad if you love what you're doing. And it sounds extreme, but at the end of the day, it kind of makes sense. You know, when guys are out there in the NFL playing football, like they're working all the time, they're doing everything. And, they enjoy it. They love it. And I think that's, that's the important key is if you're going to start a business early on, find something that you really like to do and what you really want and put the work in. And I think that the feeling and the drive will come with that because it's just human nature to want to put in more work and grow something that you have nurtured from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. If you look at a lot of entrepreneurs out there, like you said, like they're willing to work 80 hours a week because they don't want to work 40 for someone else. They'd rather do the 80 for themselves and then sit behind a desk and do it for someone else. So guess the guest appearance of the pod. Um, but kind of like you said, I think it's a lot of has to do with your life situation and where you're at. Like it's to a lot of people, if, if they're like living with six other guys and they're only spending 300 bucks a month on rent, then I, like dude bust your ass grind do what you have to do like start whatever you want to start you're still young it's not like you're gonna worst case you go you go broke and you move back home with your parents not a big deal but yeah I, people I think, that are older like if they don't have the kind of options i guess at that point like sorry i cut you off there but what were you saying about that no i was just agreeing with you now is the time you know they they recommend higher risk portfolio investment when you're younger, because, you know, you can let that happen to you and you can build from the bottom. And that now is the time. Now is the time to do that and start that to where it ties everything together, where if you're working hard for that, you're starting that, you know, early on, you find something that you like to do and and make your career path, I guess. And then make your future, grow your future, and you're invested directly into your future. Yeah, um, I I definitely agree with that. Uh, but I also do think that you know that second best way is if you do like something and you don't know where to start. A lot of people are really smart. They have the knowledge to understand things. You know, you put something in front of them and they can understand it fully and absorb information but they just don't know where to start. And a lot of people are extremely resourceful. I think it's like just up there with like being a salesman, you know, some people are fantastic at sales and some people aren't. And I believe that some people are extremely resourceful and some people aren't. And I think in that people who aren't case is find yourself a partner, find yourself someone who has the knowledge, you know, and, and assists you, uh, in a financial sense, but also uh, on in the knowledge field and and says, hey, you know, you should look at these and, and point to these. One of the biggest things in my job is, you know, they say, they tell this whole spiel and it's like, you know, if you retain 10% of what I said, you're doing just fine. But a lot of it and a lot of their knowledge and what you see 
a lot of times is like, you know what, it's, it's here. The information is here. It's in this book or it's over there or someone knows this. And that's how, you know, people grow and that's how, you know, you're going to make at the end of the day, the big decisions and be able to be successful is, is knowing where that, that knowledge is. And I think that having a partner and someone who's older, of course, and, and giving you that jump start and giving you that knowledge is also a fantastic path for someone who isn't as resourceful, isn't the person who is like, oh, you know what, how do I, you know, balance my corporate taxes or something like that? They find it on Reddit somewhere, you know, like deep in the archives and watch all these YouTubes and everything like that. So there's people like that. And then there's people who are on the other side of the coin. So I do think that both of those are great choices. And I choose those over buying a business later on, uh, purely from a, I guess, uh, emotional is not like the correct word for it. But um, that sort of standpoint is your investment is more pure. And it's a personal investment on top of that financial investment that you give. And it goes back to the career path. You want to go somewhere. You want to love your job, what you're doing. And that will feed itself, feed, feed its own fire. Yeah. I mean, you can always buy boring businesses and kind of real estate when you're older. But like you said, you're only going to have a certain amount of time to really go for what your heart wants and start what you really want to. Like, yeah. like there's a lot of people also that don't know, like you said, like there's a lot of people that are founders and there's some people that aren't founders. Like there was a story I was reading about, he was the number seven guy, like number seven employee or whatever um, at, at Apple for a long time, like 20 plus years. And then he left because he thought he wanted to be a founder of a company. And he was, he came back and said like, I am not an operator. I'm not a founder. I can make an two million dollars a year being a number seven guy and that's what i'm good at so i yeah. guess kind of knowing yourself too is also a big play there yeah understand so there's nothing wrong at. with with being a number seven guy like doing what you're doing as long as you're enjoying it and being happy and there's nothing wrong with being a number two there's nothing even there's nothing better about being a founder of a company either to that token yeah i you know i i definitely agree there is this i watched the what is that jobs it was uh, the michael fassbender one uh, i think that was the better one of of the jobs movies and so i started reading a little bit more about steve and all the experiences and listen to these podcasts you know i believe it was the guy you recommended it where the guy sold his company to apple yeah and his experience with jobs and you, you it's crazy because you're listening to this <laughs> right. and you want to run through a wall. You're like, this guy is a tiger in a room full of cats, you know, it, and it gets you really pumped up. And it also kind of scares you because you're like, I don't think, I don't know if I'm like that. Like this guy, it, you know, quote visionary, but, and obviously that's like the top of the food chain, <laughs> but at the same time, re recognizing like, you know, it's, you're not like a beta if you aren't the guy who stands up and makes all of these decisions. You're, you got to be an alpha in your own world and be the alpha of what you are. And I think that's a huge thing is, you know, being the, and I'll just keep using the word alpha, being the alpha of your own knowledge, being the alpha of this is what I'm cognizant of. And I own this and this is my perfect sphere of knowledge. And, you know, maybe guys like and guys like jobs would need you to, they would need you to come and and take your knowledge for that and i think a lot of people need to understand like that is how you gain a certain happiness in where you're at is recognizing this is actually what makes me happy is being the guy who knows this because there's always going to be the guy who knows something more or does something better. But if you're aware of who you are and how you work and what your strengths are, I think at the end of the day, you'll be a happier person because you're going to be playing to those. Yeah. I think another crazy thing I was, I was reading the other day too, was about like as much of a joke as it sounds like it was Dr. Oz. Like that dude was still doing 200 plus heart surgeries a year on top of being, having his own show, being on Oprah. And everyone asked him like, how do you do that? And he was like, it's, 
I have it's he calls it the Dr. Oz cut. Like he comes in the the OR, everything's already prepped for him. Like arteries are already pinched. He makes his one signature cut and he's out. Like yeah. everyone needs to find what their Dr. Oz cut is and hone in on that in whatever career they're going into or if they're working at a different company, like find what you're good at and then like keep pounding home at that and get better at it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, what that results in is consulting. And I don't, I've never heard anything bad about consulting. I've always heard these older guys and a, a few ladies that consulting is amazing, man. I, I sit on the beach and I sit mojitos and then every Wednesday I walk over and I tell them what to do and I make this money, blah, blah, blah. It's because they know and they've become cognizant and of their own knowledge and been really sharp at it and it's valuable and they know that. And so they get to a great place and find some stability in, in what they like to do. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're trading your time for your for your money at that point. At, like consulting's cool if you wanna be more involved like that. It's definitely one of those things where you, like you said, you're only in there for a few minutes of doing like you offer a few sets of information and after that you're gone. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's all dependent on, on what you like to do. Again, that's so I guess to round out my decision as well, it's kind of similar to yours. Is like, if you can do it early, like do it early. You always have time to buy something later on when you're older. Yeah. And, and just putting that work in because you'll find that, curating that whether it fails or not and there's probably a million quotes out there you know you can fail a hundred times and be successful once but those hundred times you're going to gain something from it it's not a waste of time and you're going to refine what you want to do what you like and and your ideas you know more so and and i think that the more time you have to do that and obviously when you're younger you have way more energy and way more leeway and I think it's just the perfect storm for someone who, who, if they know what they want to do, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I do, I'm an optimist and I would hundred percent say that about myself, but I do hate that quote when it's like, there's no failures. There's only learning or lessons like failing sucks. No one likes to hear that, that BS yeah. of there's only lessons again, when you do learn something, but no one wants to hear that at the time. Yeah. No, no one likes to hear that. And, hindsight i i do say that i'm like you know what i did learn something about that but like going into something i'm like you better not fail you know? <laughs> agreed well we're at the almost the hour mark here let's we'll taper it down it's a pleasure speaking with you again as always my friend this is outside the lines this is emmett ross my beautiful beautiful co-host tucker de camp uh <laughs> We'll see you guys next time. Cheers.